Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 71 of the NXT Nightcap, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's developmental brand. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 122 of Receptopia continues. Happy Wednesday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AEW continues. And last night was NXT 2.0 going down live from the WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. And I am trying my best to do this show today this nation went through another unspeakable loss another senseless mass shooting taking place this time in an elementary school 19 lives lost 19 children gone and a teacher as well so close to the end of the school year and this tragedy happens again after yet another tragedy in buffalo nearly two weeks ago and days like this are hard but it's unthinkable for the people that are living through such loss and devastation. So my thoughts are with those families who were unable to tuck their kids in at night, who were unable to say, I love you one more time. And we hope that the adults that hold the keys to this nation can come together and do better. But until then, we will stand strong in the face of unspeakable tragedy and a long line of tragic events that we have endured for decades now. And it can get numbing, but when you see the faces and you see the names and you see the ages and you understand the totality of that loss, you no longer feel numb. You feel just as angry and sad and frustrated as you did the last time this happened and the last time and the last time after that. And I'm hoping that things will get better. I'm an optimist, but I'm a realist too. So I just take these days as a way to reflect and just find a way to renew my faith, which can be easier said than done sometimes. But in the end, That is the greatest gift that you can lean on during times like these. So I hope that you are doing the same in your own way. And I cannot let this show continue without speaking about the tragic events in Uvalde, Texas yesterday. This podcast has gone deep in the last couple of years. It goes in certain directions at times. And the real world hits us all at some point. And it's important to have these conversations sometimes it's therapeutic it's needed and necessary and I would be remiss if I did not talk about what happened yesterday before moving on to today's show it's never an easy transition but I gotta do it and I just want to thank you for pressing play and spending some of your day with me as we get through this together and I once again want to extend my thoughts to the families in Lovato Texas as they go through something that no family should ever endure, and that is the loss of a child and a loved one. May their memories be a blessing. 
And with that, let's make the difficult but necessary transition to last night's NXT 2.0 as we are a little over a week away until NXT In Your House going down live on the PC on Saturday, June 4th. And we kick things off with some tag team action featuring Idris Anofe and Malik Blade versus Stax and Two Dimes representing Tony D'Angelo. And this match was fine as Idris Anofe delivered a nice Mr. Dropkick to Stax early on. And I saw some nice double team work courtesy of Anofe and Blade as Anofe hit Stax with a 619, but Tony D'Angelo provided a distraction on the ape in which allowed two dimes to hit Anofe with the European uppercut. And from there, Stax and Dimes went after Anofe for a bit until Malik Blade got the hot tag. And this is when the match fell apart a bit. Malik Blade was going for a springboard clothesline, and he tripped off the ropes, which led to a you fucked up chant from the PC crowd, which bleeped off the USA broadcast. They've been very bleep happy lately bleeping holy shit as well so i guess it's some new fcc edict on usa not to have cuss words during family hour apparently the match continues and i have to give credit to blade he did not let that botch distract him from the task at hand still got in his shit mostly but then we got a little bit of side distractions courtesy of Legado de Fantasma sent to the Escobar, Barro Mendoza and Joaquin Wild as they circle D'Angelo at ringside. And that distraction allowed Stacks and Two Dimes to deliver a double super kick to the side of Malik Blade's head and Two Dimes pin Blade for the win. So a decent debut for Stacks and Two Dimes. The names are unique, but they look very generic in the ring they look like thing one and thing two from cat in the hat respectively i can't tell them apart right now so i just need them to elevate their ring gear to make them more distinct on tv with a bit more personality to boot as mob wars 2022 continues at in your house it will be Tony D'Angelo stacks and two dimes against Legado de Fantasma, Santos Escobar, Guerrero Mendoza, and Joaquin Wilde. And there will be another summit next week involving these two factions. And we'll see how this meeting goes with a few days to go before In Your House on Peacock. Next up is... Wesley versus Sangha and this match was not bad at all I like Sangha a lot I do wish he would stop wearing Braun Strowman's pants from two years ago but besides that I think he has great presence as a giant I loved his promo last week being very cool calm and collected with Wesley and Nathan Frazier and Wesley took that kindness as an insult which led to this match last night on 2.0 and Wesley got his ass kicked by Sangha for 70% of this match Sangha threw Wesley halfway across the ring with elevation to boot at one point, but Wesley was able to fight back for a bit with some nice kicks and strike combos, delivered a double foot stomp to the back of Sangha on the outside, and he was going for a double foot stomp from the top rope, but Sangha was able to move out the way, and he drilled Lee with a lariat and a choke slam for the win. And after the match was over, Zion Quinn, who was supposed to face Wesley last week, got in the ring to attack Wesley, but Sangha made the save on Wesley's behalf, and Sangha and Lee came to a mutual understanding, which I liked because Sangha was a good guy last week and Wesley blew things way out of proportion. So I'm glad they found common ground against Zion Quinn. And I'm here for this unique partnership moving forward. There's something about Sangha that I like a lot. And crazily enough, he was the tag team partner of Vera Mahan once upon a time. I would love for them to reunite on the main roster because these guys are cool 
as fuck. They're so fresh and clean on Instagram. And we saw Sangha's GQ game backstage last week. So I see the vision of them being a really good looking tag team that can whoop a whole lot of ass. And they play against the stereotypical foreign heel that WWE loves so much. And they're trying to slap that label on Veer Mahan. And Sangha right now is trying to avoid that stench, which I love. So I'm hoping that there's a meeting of the minds where Veer Mahan and Sangha get back together and they can be beautiful badasses together, whooping ass on the regular. So let's go there. WWE let's beat the trope of doing stereotypical shit in 2022 let these guys be themselves and I think you would have a winning formula moving forward and what a concept that is in this day and age next up is Alba Fire versus Electra Lopez and we got Corey Jade eating popcorn in the crowd and this match is fine as Electra Lopez went after the left arm of Alba Fire throughout but Alba Fire fights back goes for a gory bomb special but that is blocked by Electra Lopez who continues to go after the left arm Alba Fire does fight back and lands a swanton bomb from the top rope on Electra Lopez for the win and after the match is over Electra Lopez confronts Cora Jade and she smacks the popcorn out of Cora Jade's hands which sets up a match next week on 2.0 a few days ahead of NXT in your house and I thought the match was fine but I love the visual presentation of Alba Fire from known as Kaylee Ray. I love the new hair. The fit is perfect for what she's doing in the ring right now. And she's got star quality. So sometimes a name change is necessary. And Alba Fire checks all the boxes so far on what it means to be a star in NXT and possibly beyond. Next up is a semifinals match in the women's breakout tournament featuring Lash Legend versus Roxanne Perez. It should be noted that Nikita Lyons suffered an injury a few days ago and she has been scratched from the tournament, which absolutely sucks. So things have been reshuffled a bit, which I'll get to shortly. As Lash Legend dominated this match early on by delivering a suplex to Roxanne Perez, followed by a backbreaker that was pretty gnarly for a near fall, but Roxanne Perez was able to fight back and take it to Lash Legend. The fans were behind Roxanne Perez, but Lash picks her up for a powerbomb attempt, but Roxanne reverses that into the Pop Rocks Cold Red for the win to advance to the finals of the Women's Breakout Tournament, which will face the winner of Fallon Henley versus Tiffany Stratton later on in the show. And I thought this was a nice showcase for Roxanne Perez. And I'm happy that she made it to the finals. Lash Legend delivered a couple of decent performances in this tournament. She has ways to go. But with NXT resuming the coconut loop very soon, here's hoping that she gets more refinement and experience that can make her stand out as a bigger star moving forward on 2.0. Next up is Indy Hartwell versus NXT Women's Champion Mandy Rose. And this match was kind of there, to be honest. A back and forth match that went through a picture-picture commercial break. Mandy Rose tried to gain the advantage by cheating for a bit. But Indy Hartwell lands a spine buster on Mandy at one point for a very close near fall. Then we have Jesse Jane and Gigi Dolan staggering to the ringside area because they've been getting beat up by Katana Chance and Caden Carter and that fight continues at ringside which allows Mandy Rose to deliver a bicycle knee to Indy Hartwell for the win and after the match is over Toxic Attraction and Katana Chance alongside Caden Carter are still fighting towards the backstage area and as Mandy Rose is posing on the main entranceway Wendy Chu hits her from behind with her pillow which is loaded with plastic balls of all shapes and sizes so yes we're still going the Nickelodeon route with Wendy Chu I kind of hate it but this is going to lead to a NXT Women's Championship match between Wendy Chu and Mandy Rose at NXT in your house next Saturday along with Jesse Jane and Gigi Dolan defending the NXT Women's Tag Team titles against Katana Chance and Caden Carter which could be a sneaky good match if given time next Saturday on Peacock but the build 
for Wendy Chu and Mandy Rose leaves a lot to be desired as we will have a championship summit next week between all six ladies and Bedlam will unfold. One can only guess because that tends to happen during contract signings or anything adjacent to them in WWE. Next up is Fallon Henley versus Tiffany Stratton in a semifinals match in the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament and I thought this was a good match. Tiffany Stratton has improved dramatically and I love that for her and I was her biggest critic for a while now I was not criticizing her per se it was more the presentation and how WWE can really utilize her background as a gymnast versus being a daddy's girl and they've completely removed that from her shtick outside of her entrance theme which could use some work but overall Tiffany has figured out who she is as a character she's no longer a vapid clueless valley girl she has a little bit of depth despite the booginess of it all and I love that and she's improved in the ring and dare I say she's given Charlotte Flair something to think about in the next couple of years as Tiffany Stratton delivered a nice springboard set on to Fallon Handler early on and both ladies were laying strikes and shots in on each other and Tiffany Stratton went after the left knee of Fallon Henley and she delivered that handspring elbow into the corner and she locks in a heel hook then locks in a bridge like Charlotte Flair and not only that, she blows Fallon Henley a kiss mid-submission. Tiffany fucking Stratton showing out, and I love that. So eventually Fallon Henley fights back, and as she goes for a shining wizard, her knee gives out, and that allows Tiffany to hit that twisting corkscrew elbow drop for the victory. And I'm really impressed with Tiffany Stratton. She's got a ways to go, but her growth from match to match is remarkable. And I think that she will benefit tremendously working in the coconut loop starting next month because when she's working in front of different crowds every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, she is going to get better even faster. And that is going to be a great sign for her future. And what's even better is the fact that she realized, hey, this character needs a bit of tweaking. And workshopping is always a good thing to figure out who you are. And Tiffany is figuring that out. And she's only going to get better, which is eerie good. So I'm proud of her. I'm going to give Tiffany Stratton a standing ovation. You can't see it, but I'm bowing to her right now because she is a future star. And if she keeps this up, she's going to be a force on Raw and or SmackDown in a couple of years time. Next up is Von Wagner versus Ika Minjiro. And Von Wagner beat down Ika Minjiro for a portion of this match. Jiro responds with a missile drop kick, followed by a moonsault on the outside. And he's making a fiery babyface comeback. He's going to load up the jacket to deliver that forearm strike to Von Wagner. Wagner blocks it. And then he uses the jacket to cover Ika Minjiro's face up so he can't see. And he beats his ass up some more and delivers a modified AA for the win after the match is over. Sophia Cromwell appears on the main stage and she tells Von Wagner to destroy Ikimijiro some more but Josh Briggs makes a save and that could lead to Briggs versus Wagner very soon on 2.0 because let's not forget that Wagner ambushed Jensen backstage a few weeks ago and broke his wrist after Brooks Jensen gave Sophia Cromwell the look and Von Wagner was not happy about that in the least which will lead to Briggs versus Wagner in a big cost battle in the weeks to come one can only assume and I'm mad towards it I don't care for Wagner very much he's still a charisma vacuum to me but Josh Briggs is a bit better than him in terms of charisma and in-ring ability so he can make this interesting but my care level is at about a two at this point, which is not a good thing. And now it is time for our main event featuring NXT champion Braun Breaker versus Duke Hudson. And this match was 
good mostly, but unfortunately we had the dark cloud known as Joe Gacy and his renter druids standing high atop the balcony overseeing this match as he continues to play mind games with Breaker. So earlier in the show, Joe Gacy left a Polaroid picture of a young Breaker alongside his family, which is kind of creepy. Then he produces footage of Breaker running an 85-yard touchdown back for his high school football team many years ago. And he says, well, I remember that, but my dad wasn't there because he was working in Japan at the time. And I guess Gacy was trying to drive a wedge between father and son, and that was not going to work or cause him to snap. But we all know that Breaker has a breaking point, every pun intended. And this match was good, lacked a bit of heat down the stretch as Breaker was basically dominating this match early on with a vertical suplex to Hudson. Hudson takes a break on the outside and he's able to deliver a cheap shot to Breaker as we go picture in picture. We come back and Gacy and his two winner jurors are now at ringside overseeing this match even more. And that distraction allows Duke Hudson to dominate Breaker for a bit. And Hudson is going to work over the left shoulder of Breaker throughout this match to slow down the pace. At one point, Hudson's going for the sign of recliner as the ultimate insult. But... Breaker is able to counter him and he lands a beautiful Rick Steiner power slam on Hudson for a near fall and Breaker's going to pull down the straps to finish him off and both guys go flying out of the ring with a double clothesline spot and of course the jurors are ready to pounce on Breaker but Breaker fights them off thankfully but behind the referee's back in the ring Hudson produces a steel chair to hit Breaker in the back with it but Breaker avoids the attack grabs the steel chair Joe Gacy gets on the ring apron and Breaker swings at Gacy, he misses. Ducasson turns Breaker around and Breaker hits Hudson in the back with the steel chair, which draws the disqualification. Ducasson gets the win and Joe Gacy smiling like a Cheshire cat because he made Braun lose his composure. And if it happens next Saturday during their NXT Championship match at In Your House, Breaker will lose the NXT Championship and Joe Gacy will not only win the NXT Championship, but he will World the world apparently like pinky and the brain and what an outcome that would be quite frankly it would be the outcome from hell i thought this was a so-so way to end the show it does play into the step next saturday but i still don't give a solitary shit about breaker versus gacy part do i do not care Brian breaker is being wasted in this feud against a guy who is not over And the worst part is this dude gets a torment breaker via kidnappings, stealing Kodak pictures and home videos. And Breaker cannot beat this guy's ass from Polito Post in a street fight, a steel cage match, anything. He's got to beat this man in a straight up wrestling match. Get the fuck out of here. But that's an XT for you. They do strange shit to get someone like AC over who is not over via this cartoon villain gimmick. But it is what it is heading into In Your House next Saturday on Peacock. And all in all, I thought this was a decent episode of NXT 2.0. It was very much a maintenance show ahead of the go-home episode next week for In Your House. And I expect the card to be good, if not very good, depending on match quality and the time they're given, of course. And if the PC crowd is very active and receptive on a Saturday night, they will definitely dictate the emotion heading into next weekend's show as they will set the tone heading into 
into Hell in a Cell next Sunday in Chicago. So it's a very busy weekend for WWE with that NXT and premium live event Double Dip. And I'm all for that as we are heading into a very busy summer season for WWE and AEW for that matter. And on that note, this wraps up episode number 71 of the NXT Nightcap, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's developmental brand. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, you can follow me on social media at Lady Wrestling X on Twitter and our Instagram at Wrestleptopia. There you can find me tweeting and gramming about these podcast shows that drop on the semi-daily recapping Monday Night Raw, NXT 2.0, AEW Dynamite, Friday Night Smackdown on Fox, and AEW Rampage on TNT. You know what to do, such Wrestleptopia, and follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Plus Amazon Alexa, and Spotify. I'll be back tomorrow morning with episode number 65 of The Dynamite Effect, recapping the highs and lows from AEW Dynamite on TBS. Until then, enjoy your hump day. Stay safe out there, and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care.